Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Stinky. <laughs> I can't get your. I can't do your name. <laughs> I just can't get it right. Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yeah, you can just like. Should we just do a thing where you just call me Stinky and just? That's yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, I think we should have never should have never told anyone your name and just kept it a stinky <laughs> forever. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not that interesting. Don't look up my name. Stinky's better. <laughs> um, that was a nice crack. Kept it cracking. Go cracking, by the way. Um, today we have our week twelve waivers for you. Um, along with a little bit of buy or sell, and then we're gonna do a quick preview on the three Thanksgiving matchups. So before we do that, uh, make sure you look us up on the Twitter, at the FF Fathers. Um, like, subscribe, noties, all that good stuff. Uh, but that's where we post all of the links to our websites, or to our our shows, which is on our website. But um, So yeah. Hit us up on there, uh, ask us questions, whatever. Uh, we want to, you know, communicate with those listeners out there. Um, let's get right into the waivers, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like oh, you're substantial. Just like, huh? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the wide receiver position, this guy's roster. Well, these. Two, let's start with these two first guys because they're both right around 70% rostered, uh, but both had big weeks and should be rostered, I think, in most leagues as of right now, uh, starting with Elijah Moore, who's rostered in 71% of leagues. He had 11 targets, eight receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown uh, in week 11. Um, this guy is definitely very talented, um, Was you know started off the year hurt, and took a while for him to come on. Uh, but in the last three weeks, um, he's put up huge, you know, games um and has the potential to do so. Uh the only stipulation on this is that Zach Wilson is back most likely in week twelve. Um, it was Joe Flacco that got him the eleven targets last week. So I wonder if that's gonna change or affect his production, but I gotta imagine they're gonna they're going to force feed him the ball going forward because he seems to be one of the lone bright spots on the offense. Yeah, he is one of the lone bright spots, but he's still such a question mark. It it really sucks. Um, back when him and Zach Wilson were playing, he was getting a decent amount of targets per game, like eight, six, stuff like that. But I just think the quarterback situation is so inconsistent that if you – Use someone like him. It, it's re- it, literally the definition of boom or bust. He might really help you out, but he might really screw you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little worrisome because he did start producing after Wilson went out. Yeah. Um. And granted, like Trey said, like the targets share was still there for him. They just they weren't connecting. I don't know if that's you know inaccuracy on Wilson's part or what it might be, but he should be rostered still. I mean, the potential is obviously there now, and hopefully they you know they find that connection we're looking for. He's still only around like sixty percent snap percentage. 
that, that's kind of alarming for me as someone like as you you want to see more out of uh such a productive receiver yeah still only a rookie though he's still coming on and you know obviously they have Jameson Crowder there and Corey Davis uh, but I think skill wise he's probably their best you know playmaking weapon that they have right now Corey Davis is more of the deep threat um go up and get it type of receiver so um I I've liked Elijah Moore all all year and I think the potential is there for him to have a big second half so he's already having a big second half but uh it could continue so I think those 30% of leagues he should be rostered in you know um that where he's still available on the waiver wire somehow uh Darnell Mooney is the next guy at 69% um 16 targets last week uh, with Andy Dalton at the helm, only got five receptions out of those 16 targets, which is not great, but still put up 121 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's a big ad this week because it's looking like Andy Dalton's going to be the starting quarterback again on Thursday, and it's likely that Allen Robinson is also not going to be playing. Yeah, he's definitely a good ad. We, we've been looking at him all year, just waiting for – Things start popping off for him. It still seems, once again, the, the quarterback situation is uncertain. Once Justin Fields is healthy again, does he come back in? How does that impact Mooney? Uh, everything with that kind of sucks. But for this week, it definitely looks pretty good since um, Robinson's out and Fields looks like he's not going to be playing either. Yeah, luckily, though, um, before this game, they were on bye, but the game before that, he still put up 19 points uh, with Fields in the whole game. Uh, six targets, only had three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, plus, I think he had a rushing touchdown in the game also. Uh, so that's good, though. That means that they're trying to involve him more in the offense. So he should, probably should be rostered, and then we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, it certainly should be rostered more. Yeah, and 16 targets, I think, is pretty, pretty good proof that they're trying to get him more involved. Um, so hopefully he can convert. Uh, a higher percentage of those targets um but yeah i mean pretty good flex uh next week if you know andy dalton is is the quarterback and and al robinson is not in the game uh this next guy i I wanted to bring up because i think it could be a little bit of fool's gold here um and i as a you know fantasy football guy but also as a Packers fan I think I want to warn people to not chase the points here with MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling rostered in 17% of leagues 10 targets last week four receptions 123 yards and a touchdown honestly the Packers were trailing uh, early on here in this game and I think that's what led to the 10 targets for MVS they certainly want to get you know, another consistent receiver opposite of, of Devonte, but I wouldn't go chasing these points next week with MVS. You can definitely add them, but I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him yet. I, I think it was mostly due to just great game script. We've seen this situation a million times in the last few years. We, we know what happens. He has this game and then he falls off and then has his random game, maybe in like five weeks. Yeah, for sure, and not to mention, I mean, last week, two-thirds of his yards came on a single play. He had a 75-yard touchdown. Um, He had 123 yards on, you know, total, so that's also super dicey. Two-thirds of his career yards are probably off of big plays. (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) Well, that's what he is, and, you know, he's a big play guy. 
Um, so yeah, definitely a boomer bust guy going forward. Um, so don't get caught up in the 10 targets. I highly doubt that will be consistent at all. Uh, well, just because 10 targets is a lot for anyone, but, um, especially for MVS, uh, Marquise Goodwin two he's rostered in 2% of leagues. Uh, he had eight targets last week, uh, four receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, could have some boomer bust appeal next week if uh, Allen Robinson is unable to go in that Thanksgiving game. Um, you know, it's basically just Darnell Mooney and and uh, Marquise Goodwin at that point. So um, he could be picked up if you are desperate for a boomer bust option, but he's definitely a boomer bust. <laughs> I mean, can we just admit that Andy Dalton was he was slinging the ball? On on Sunday, it, it looked real nice. His deep passes, like the arm strength, for maybe like him not playing a full season, like his arm is just there and it's fully. They don't ready. call him Red Rifle for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, but <laughs> you he's earned like, that nickname. Yeah, he's like later in his career though. I feel like we weren't seeing that back when he was a full time starter. So maybe the fact that he hasn't been playing that much, he's a little bit more rested and he can fire off uh, those kind of passes. He was looking good. Yeah, and they weren't running the ball very well uh, that game. So or last week. So. Yeah, could see more of that. Weird side note: If it is Goodwin and Mooney getting the start on Thursday, it might be the smallest starting receiving duo in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. Marquise Goodwin's five nine one eighty. Darnell Mooney is five eleven one seventy three. Those are about to be the two starting receivers for the Chicago Bears. Some speed, though. I feel pretty confident in pick up basketball against that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until they're five foot eight jumping over you and dunking on you, but. <laughs> oh, this is street ball, right? <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. You got to come back down. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're fouling. See ya. Hoop fest. Uh, next guy on the list, Nick Westbrook. Oh. Akine. Akine. Uh, he's rostered in 2% of leagues. This is mostly due to the Titans having everyone getting hurt every single game. Um, eight targets, seven receptions, 107 yards. A.J. Brown left the game uh, with a hand injury early on. Then he came back in the game and then was forced to leave later with a uh, chest injury. So Julio Jones is also on IR, and Marcus Marcus Johnson also left the game with a hamstring injury. So um, if all those guys are unable to go, you know, there's not a whole lot of guys left. So (laughs) Nick Westbrook would be... Uh, really the wide receiver one if all those guys aren't able to go. Um, and then you have like Chester Rogers and stuff like that. But Nick Westbrook is probably the only one that you could take a real shot on if if those guys aren't playing. Yeah, out of these receivers, he probably has one of the best um, like insert plays this week. Yep. Uh, Jameson Crowder next on the list. He's rostered in 34% of leagues. Um Seven targets, six receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Um, again, Zach Wilson could be back week 12, um, but he had his best game. Uh, Crowder, that is, had his best fantasy game of the year with Wilson at QB in week four, where he got 15.6 fantasy points, uh, nine targets, seven receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, we could see more of that. Um, it really looked like um, they were trying to get Crowder and um, and Elijah Moore kind of more involved than Corey Davis. So it's kind of interesting, but 
Uh, Jamison Crowder still has some some wide receiver three four flex value. So um, if you're struggling or you need a replacement, he could be worthy. Definitely in PPR. I will I will say this until he's not worthy in PPR. <laughs> he's just always been such a good PPR receiver. Yeah, see, I'm I'm selling that honestly. Um, because yeah, his first game back with Zach Wilson, he goes off, and in the next two games, he combined for 11 points with Zach Wilson still in there throwing the ball. So I'm I'm selling this. If if Elijah Moore is still available in your league, that's the guy I'm going for. But I don't want anybody any of these other receiving options on the Jets. Well, if they would just play Mike White, <laughs> yeah, they'd all have a great year. Yeah, that, that, they'd be undefeated probably. Yeah, let <laughs> let let Mike let Mike White the ship, you know, like, get things hey, white. Man. Hey. <laughs> You for, you didn't say it right. That's the legendary Mike White. No, I said it white. <laughs> uh, Nelson Aguilar, another guy to take a look at. Um, rostered in thirty percent of leagues, five targets, five receptions, forty yards, and a touchdown last week. Um, but it is tricky right now in New England. The Patriots are using a lot of different receivers, um, so it's going to be a bit of a coin flip on who gets the the touchdowns and the production week to week. Uh, right now, though, the pecking order seems to be Myers, Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne, and then Nikhil Harry. Um, so he's the wide receiver, too, in this offense, um, veteran. Um, so there could be some value there going forward because Mac Jones has been playing well within the system for the most part. You know, this is a run-first team. Uh, they're not relying on Mac Jones to go win them games, but – He's efficient in what they're asking him to do. Yeah, he is like from a football aspect, from a fantasy football aspect. Mac Jones is just like just hot garbage that sometimes like turns into a steak for you, <laughs> um, like once every six weeks. Like I, I personally feel like with the Patriots, j- just because Mac Jones throws so little touchdowns, um, you you have to kind of avoid the receivers. It, his uh. What did I what did I write down here? Okay, um, yeah, five of his eleven games played this year, he threw for one touchdown. Okay, two of those eleven games, he threw for zero touchdowns. So that's seven out of eleven games with one or less touchdown, and then the other games it was two or three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns one time. It, it's just so inconsistent, and most of the time he's throwing one or less touchdowns. Like that's that's the worst dice throw you can throw with a receiving core in the NFL right now. Yeah, this week, though, they're playing the Titans, who are giving up the most fantasy points per week to receivers. Um, So there's definitely some opportunity there this week for Aguilar. I'm just going to continue countering. (laughs) Hunter Henry is just killing it with touchdowns, right? Yeah. Well, who's not throwing that many touchdowns? Mac Jones. Who's taking all his touchdowns? Hunter Henry. Tight end. Yep. I mean, I'm just saying, even then, when he is throwing touchdowns, it's going to his goddamn tight end. It's just... Over last week, it, it, there are there are weeks <laughs> there are weeks that don't follow the trend. Yes, for sure. But the trend is definitely. I'm telling you, man, that that is a no no. Yeah, you, you gotta have balls of steel to start him and think you're gonna get 20 points. It's 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 a one in 11 chance at this point. Nine percent. Quick math for you. Nine point nine. Uh, Rondell Moore is the next guy on the list. 34 percent. He's rostered in 34% of leagues, uh, 11 targets, um, 11 receptions for 51 yards last week. Um, 11 targets is a lot. 
Kirk had five targets for two receptions and 25 yards. A.J. Green had seven targets for four receptions and 78 yards. Um, but right now, kind of feels like it is a toss-up when DeAndre Hopkins is out. Honestly, all these guys, to me, are feeling like boomer bust options um, outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you also got to add in the fact that Cole McCoy is in, so Kyler Murray is also out. Once again, another receiver with a, a you know kind of a turntable at quarterback. It's just um, with Kyler Murray at quarterback, Rondell Moore is useless. Yeah, um, not to mention you have to remember this too that the Cardinals are on bye this week, and I can almost guarantee you Hopkins is back after the bye week when he gets another full week of rest. So that means that Rondell Moore is not addable to me. As much as it hurts me to even come to that realization, because I love the man, love him like my own brother. <laughs> okay, I would. It's pretty deep. I would bleed for Rondell Moore. <laughs> no, but I, you know, high hopes for the guy. But it's it's sorry, folks. The the ship has sailed. Well, it's he's definitely explosive. I mean, in the future, you know, years to come, Rondell Moore will probably be a pretty good fantasy asset. But for the rest of this year, it's going to be tough. Yeah, well, I'm trying to win a ship this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, someone's going to play that long game in the Dynasty League, all right? Yeah. Well, and waivers are pretty shit this week, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, there's not a whole lot of options out there, um, especially if you're looking for a running back. There's really nothing. Um, so, But let's talk about a few running backs. Um, there's probably one guy on here I would consider picking up the rest are I, I kind of put on here just to say uh don't get you know don't get caught up in picking up guys that had a bunch of rushing attempts but probably aren't going to be viable going forward but for this first guy I think you could pick up and possibly play this week uh Ty Johnson rostered in 29% of leagues he had a quiet week last week but Michael Carter is now out for 2 to 3 weeks Tevin Coleman is behind Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson's the next guy up. Um, so it's looking like he'll be the RB1 for the Jets. Um, well, definitely this week. Um, yeah, nice mouth fart. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, so Ty Johnson, you pick him up? Yeah, I'd pick up Ty Johnson this week. Michael Carter's out for at least uh, two weeks. I said it's a, it's already confirmed. So, yeah, I think he's an easy pickup. Tevin Coleman got some work in the second half, but it's not a lot. He got 28% of the snap share. He had five rushes and one target. So I think Ty Johnson's definitely a good pickup this week. He's probably the only running back pickup to really consider this week. Ooh, I, f- I feel a little differently, honestly. I'm, I'm really 50-50 on Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman because I, I feel like it seems like they're scared to use Ty Johnson in the running game. J- just from the like the, the stats we've seen all year and his usage, they they really do not use him in the running game, and they use Tevin Coleman in the running game. So it's like, well, who's going to really produce? Either Ty Johnson out of the passing game or Tevin Coleman in the running game. My gut leans on Tevin Coleman. But I wanted to bring up how th- th- this is an example of how bad the waivers are this week and where the Jets are this season and really every season, I guess you would say, is we're, this is the third Jets player we've talked about in like 20 minutes. We're talking about like waiver wires, week twelve, just like yeah, just so you know, there's nothing else. Yeah, there's these Jets players available because nobody has wanted them after eleven weeks, (laughs) and this is what's left. (laughs) 
Uh, next guy on the list is Dontrell Hilliard, who's not rostered in any of your leagues. Um, he had seven rushing attempts, 10 targets through the air, eight receptions for 47 yards, which is really the attractive stat here. Um, he's, you know, the 26 year old was activated from practice squad for the first time since week eight with Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols out. Um, it was a three-way committee again, but this time it was between Freeman, Peterson, and Hilliard. Foreman. Uh, oh, Foreman. What did I say? Freeman. Oh, uh, yeah, Foreman, Peterson, and Hilliard. Um, we are all falling victim to it, man. Deonta yeah. Foreman and Devontae yeah, Freeman. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> um, I thought the worst was Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold. <laughs> ah, man. At least, like, <laughs> different positions, though. That's true. We're yeah, talking about true. guys, like, in running back committees, very similar situations. It's it's too similar, and their names are way too similar. Yeah, so the uh, the 10 targets through the air is kind of attractive, but um, for me, I'm – I'm done with this backfield. It's going to be a three-man committee all the way through until Derrick Henry comes back. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised we even brought this kid up. It's only He had the 10 targets, which is great, but, like, come He's, on. He was brought up, honestly, to tell people to not pick him up or to not spend fab on him, really, is why he's on here. Yeah, I got that. I yeah. get that. Yeah, so with, so with Don Trell Hilliard, don't don't trell on Hilliard, okay? <laughs> uh, another guy that I that's on here, and you know I'm not picking up, but people might feel intrigued too because he had 18 rushing attempts. Um, Rex Burkhead, 18 attempts on the ground, 40 yards. Um, David Johnson, you know, also he's rostered in 38 percent of leagues. He had 13 attempts, um, 18 yards on the ground. Four targets, three receptions for 16 yards. Uh, we don't really care, right? You're not looking to add either of these guys. Like, I guess some people might have David Johnson on their team, but. I don't really care, but running backs are so thin that I, I can't help but just keep watching. Watching paying, David Johnson? Pay, paying attention to him and Rex Burkhead and just seeing who's taking the majority of snaps out of the backfield. Uh, just because running backs are so thin, you never know, and you might have to try to pick up that vulture. Yeah, no, I don't care. Not at all. <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even care to, to to watch them. I don't like, even if one does like solidify himself. Look at these averages. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. So now one person's getting you know eighty percent of snaps, but he's getting two yards of carry. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just not something I'm putting effort into or energy. Um, because like, when are you ever gonna confidently like you might have to start him in a pinch, like Trey was saying, but you're never confidently starting. You know any Houston running back. Um, Latavius Murray, I think is worth bringing up uh, rostered in 39% of leagues. And I think he's worth bringing up because it seems like he's going to be the backup now to Freeman. Um, Latavius Murray came back. Um, he had 10 attempts uh, on the ground, but uh, Freeman was definitely the lead back in the backfield. Um, and it seems to be that way. So I'm personally, in, unless you're in the deepest of deepest leagues, um, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty much avoiding Latavius Murray for waivers. Yeah, definitely. I only like Freeman out of that backfield right now. And even then, that's hard to like, honestly. Like, he had the, his best game of the year this last uh, week, and it wasn't even that great of a game. Uh, but he did, you know, score a touchdown and had six catches, so that made up a lot of his points. 
and that's basically why I've been continuing to uh, start him, I guess I would say, because that's, that's what you're going to get out of like a run-heavy offense, you know, and he's getting the pass catches out of there. So it, it honestly, it really makes him like a, a RB2 in this horrible running back landscape. Um, Any other running backs you guys want to bring up? I have uh, Sony Michelle on here as a handcuff. I think he's rostering like 32% of leagues. Um, He's stuck behind Henderson right now, but he's been banged up a little bit. If Henderson is, you know, goes down at all with an injury these next couple weeks, uh, I think Michelle's likely to see twenty plus touches. They seem to really like to go with one running back in that backfield. So, I like picking up Sony Michelle um, this week as just a handcuff if you have room on your bench. Now, that's a great thing to bring up, honestly, because we were talking about it last week. Getting late in the season, extra game in the season. One less preseason game, so all these guys that are used to playing 16 games instead of 17, have an extra week off in the beginning of the year, it'll, it'll take a toll for sure. And you never know who's going to get injured. Yeah, some other guys that come to mind, um, like Chuba Hubbard, probably uh, Khalil Herbert, if he's been dropped in your league. Um, says Khalil Herbert's rostered in 30, 30% of leagues right now on sleepers, so... Something happens to David Montgomery, you got a solid starting option um, right there on your bench. 30%? Yeah. That's crazy. After like what he showed he could do when he got the ball in his hands. Yeah, and those 30% are probably like dynasty leagues, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, so if, you, if you're in a redraft league, he's probably available right now. Well, my, my understanding of sleeper is whatever type of league that you're in, when you're looking at the stats, it shows oh, you the stats from that type of league. It filters. So, yeah, like we're in a 12-team half PPR. And when I look at things in our 14-team uh, half PPR with like a little bit different scoring, our Dynasty League, yeah, um, it's, it's a little different. So I think it goes by how your league is set up, and then it gives you the rankings that way. Gotcha. Um, tight ends. There's some tight ends worth looking at this week. Um, the first guy on the list was, was Adam Troutman, uh, who's only rostered in 13% of leagues, but now he's expected to miss four to six weeks with an, uh, MCL sprain. So that sucks, man. Right. When he was coming on, um, eight targets, five receptions, 58 yards and a touchdown. I mean, can we just say if if you're out four to six weeks at this point, fantasy wise, yeah, you're irrelevant. Yeah, he's done. Um, it's not like you know, I don't know. You're not gonna start him in the championship week if he comes back, you know. So that sucks. Um, could probably be moment dropped. of silence for him. Well, not really, not for him. The moment of silence is really for Tyrell Williams. Let's take a moment of silence for Tyrell Williams. <laughs> just won't give up. Uh, God damn it! If he doesn't see the field this year, <laughs> how bad is the concussion? Can we can we check in on Tyrell Williams? Quick quick pause. Dude had a concussion in week one, and we have not seen him since. Well, maybe, maybe he doesn't he want died. to play for the Lions. <laughs> I imagine Jared Goff's his quarterback. He's like, I'm not coming back this Every year. Every time he shows up for the test, he's like, Oh, d- you know what? Thirteen really fingers. Today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of dizzy. So, okay, with Trump and Beyond, though, does that give you any interest in Juwan Johnson? A little bit, for sure. I mean, he's a receiving threat, but... Um, Red zone threat, I yeah. think, is the better way to say it. Yeah. Um, definitely gives me some interest in Juwan Johnson, but and, and, you know, maybe if you're relying on Adam Troutman, uh, I would go pick up Juwan Johnson for sure. Um, 
he's definitely like a that freak athlete, you know, big body receiver type. So, um, and last time I looked, he was eligible for both tight end and receiver position. Did they change that? No, he still is. So nice little bonus there. I mean, I don't think anybody would really have to start him at receiver. If there's enough receiver depth, you're probably good there. Yeah, but, but it's cool. That's cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, if Juwan Johnson, go get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next guy, I definitely wanted to bring up because surprisingly, last week he had zero targets. Uh, Dan Arnold, rostered in fifty three percent of leagues, had zero targets in week eleven. Yeah, y'all been talking about him for for a minute. And uh, I finally picked him up this week. And he, uh, <laughs> no, so it's Tyler's fault. That's why wow. this happened. <laughs> like, it, that, that is my luck this year. With fantasy. I've been yeah, just should... getting killed at fantasy this year. I don't know what it is. Like, everything's going bad for me. Um, okay, if I would have no, known. We just figured it out. That's why he had zero targets. Yeah, if so. I would have known you picked him up and played him, I would have been like, oh, yeah. Thank Everyone you. else sit Dan Arnold. He's about to <laughs> yeah. disappear. I want to adjust your starts of the week to the not starts of the week. Yeah. I I seem to be better at that right now. Yeah. This is Irby's bad luck picks of the week. <laughs> These guys are fucked. <laughs> uh, you have been pretty unlucky this year. It's been pretty remarkable. Uh, but, um, yeah, Dan Arnold, zero targets. Um, are you guys worried, like, in all seriousness, are you worried about him? Or, you know, because he's probably going to be dropped in some leagues, I imagine, this week. Um, are you going to go pick him up after he's dropped? Okay, I'll just say I'm not worried about him. And if he does get dropped in your league, pick him up. If you have de- like if you have room to put him on your backup, like on your bench, have backup tight end depth. He's amazing tight end depth, worthy of starting. So definitely good depth. Yeah, but I mean the whole like zero targets thing. I I just wanted to like ask you guys, um, with Jamal Agnew being out for the rest of the season, and we saw how he just pushed Lavisca Chanel out of the role, and Dan Arnold just has zero targets. Do you think? Like he's gonna pull his head out of his ass and like use these guys, put Lavisca back in that Jamal role. I don't and know. Fucking use Dan Arnold. It doesn't make sense. Dan, everything's pointing towards Dan Arnold is what works, and then that's not what he does. It seems like literally every time they figure out what should be working, they don't do it. Yeah, it's it's been really strange. I mean, they pushed Lavisca outside, and that hasn't been working. Um, you know. Hopefully, if he's back in that gadget role, he you know has some production. But at this point, I I have no idea what Urban Meyer is going to do. <laughs> There's no guessing. You know, if you would have told me Dan Arnold's going to have zero targets in Week Eleven, I'd have been like, you're out of your mind. The funny thing you say that because like at the beginning of the year, you're like, who the fuck is Dan Arnold? I know, but <laughs> now he's you know after they traded for him, he's basically been their wide receiver one. Like, um, so I. I'm. I don't want to play the guessing game with Jaguars players at this point. If Urban Meyer ruins James Robinson's fantasy value, he he tried really hard at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I will find him. <laughs> you can't deny James James Robinson though. He's just he's too good. Well, how toxic can he be as a coach fantasy wise? Literally know. just destroying all of our hopes and dreams as we watch them play <laughs> out. You have a generational quarterback that's six six and super fast, but we can't get any rushing production or anything. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I'm not gonna get started on Urban Meyer. It's definitely frustrating because there's definitely some weapons there that could be real nice fantasy assets. You just can't use any of them right now outside of James Robinson. So, um, but in the case of Dan Arnold. You know, I would definitely keep him on my roster. I would definitely pick him up if someone dropped him in one of my leagues. Um, cause I, 
I have to imagine that they're just going to go away from Dan Arnold going forward. Well, you have to keep in mind with Dan Arnold. This is the last thing I'll say about Dan Arnold is, well, when you think about tight ends, he, he's more of like the receiving tight end. He's not like like the blocking oh, yeah, tight sure. end guy, but he's also in on a majority of snaps at the same time, which makes him like pretty valuable. He, he's one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. He doesn't get any props on it. I mean, this guy is definitely valuable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is with Jamal Agnew going on IR, who was being kind of a target vulture um, other than Arnold on this offense, I expect to have him back next week to be just fine. Where else are they going to throw the ball? <laughs> Not to LaVisca <laughs> uh, or Marvin Jones. Um, the next tight end on the list, uh, Logan Thomas, rostered in 53% of leagues. And if you follow us on Twitter, we tweeted about this earlier at the FF Fathers. Uh, but Thomas, he hasn't been fully cleared yet, uh, but his 21-day window to resume practicing is expected to open this week. Uh, he's been on IR since October 6th, um, he, uh, though in early November he was spotted doing some work on the side of the field. Um, so it's likely that he will be back this week. Um, he had, you know, in his first three games, um, he played a hundred percent of snaps and got two touchdowns in those three games. So for me, Logan Thomas is an absolute must add this week at the tight end position. Well, so what's the news on Ricky Steele's Jones here? Like obviously he's, he's, he missed last week. Uh, like how bad is the injury for him? Uh, I don't know. Well, see, so while one of you maybe look that up, see, the reason I bring that up is because, um, We've talked about this before on the podcast plenty of times. We we love how Logan Thomas was getting a hundred percent snap share um, on the Washington football team, and then when he went out, Ricky Seals Jones basically replaces him with a hundred percent snap share, almost like mimics what Logan Thomas is doing on the field. Pretty much just steps in with no problem. So now that Logan Thomas is back, and let's say Ricky Seals Jones is healthy, I'm not really sure how bad the leg is. I, I'm just curious how they're going to play that out because. Um, they accidentally figured out that they have two really good tight ends. Yeah, I don't know. The interesting thing is, though, uh, we brought up John Bates last week if they both missed games and if he would play, like, you know, 100% of snaps. And he did. He played 99% of snaps. John Bates did. Okay. Yeah, he didn't. So that's one of the few things we know in fantasy football is whoever's playing tight end for Washington football team, they're going to motherfucking play. Yeah. I mean, now, granted, he didn't do anything with it. He, you know, three catches, three targets, three catches for 23 yards. But he's not, never was never known as, like, a big receiving tight end you know he's 6'6 260 the dude can block john Bates sounds like somebody that would arrest you did i, <laughs> did I say that last week i might have you might have the funny thing, he, he might he also went to boise state like he's he's a northwest boy so nice. yeah he would definitely arrest you <laughs> um but yeah logan thomas you know he could have a huge second half because um he could be back this week um for sure probably back next week if not this week um and I think when he does comes back, I honestly think he'll be right back and do his, you know, 100% snaps, like, especially with Ricky Seals not being 100% healthy yet. Um, yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas could be could be huge for people at the tight end position for the rest of the year. Yeah, honestly, one of the better waivers on this list. For sure. He's one of those guys that, like, if he doesn't play, you should pick him up because he's going to be paid dividends in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Fersker rostered in 9% of leagues, the tight end for the Tennessee Titans. 
Berkser. Berkser. Um, he's basically been forced back into the uh, passing game. Last week he had seven targets, five receptions, 26 yards. He had 11 fantasy points. Um, so if all those receivers that we were talking about earlier for the Tennessee Titans are, are unable to go, Anthony Ferkser, you know, they're going to be forced to, to use him. So he could be a nice little streaming option there uh, in week 12 at the tight end position. Here's my clueless Titans take. So he's tight end one, right? Obviously on the tight ends. Or on the Titans for tight ends. On the Titans tight ends. The, the, the Titans <laughs> tight ends. Yeah. Well, anyways, so his snap percentage, he, he broke 50% snap percentage uh, twice this year. And both times it was 50 and 51%. So I'm just curious how, like, they, they must not be using their tight ends very much. I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched that many Titans games this year, so I'm, like, a little out of the loop. But I think that's interesting. Yeah, they, they run a ton of two tight end sets, but they don't use them a lot in the passing game. Um Ferkser is the best catching tight end they probably have, but I mean he's never been known to be a great pass catcher. Uh, outside they have Jess Swaim, who is more of a blocker. Their third string tight end, uh, Michael Pruitt, who what has, a name to wear to spell. Like <laughs> such a funny way to spell <laughs> Michael. Spell Michael yeah. But yeah, um, I mean he he played a little bit, but I mean he's really small for a tight end. He's six two, so like he's probably not much of a pass catcher just because of his size. Yeah, um, but I think Ferkser has some streaming value there. But you keep an eye on on the rece- on the on the receiving uh, options for the Titans throughout the week, because if you know AJ Brown is back or any of those guys, um, his value goes down for sure. Uh, next, Austin Hooper is rostered in nineteen percent of leagues. Tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, seven targets last week, four receptions, 53 yards. He's playing Baltimore next week, who's giving up the fourth most points to the tight end position. So some streaming value there for you with Austin Hooper. Hoop. I don't know. Uh, Austin Hooper is definitely interesting. That's someone I've been like, have my eye on. Man, as far as the tight end play, I'm not quite sure about that one. All right, uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Cam Newton's rostered in 57% of leagues. Uh, he's 27. He had a nice game last week um, in his first full game back, 26.16 fantasy points and half PPR. Uh, he had 27 attempts for 21 completions through the air, 189 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he also ran the ball 10 attempts, 46 yards and a touchdown. So um, if he's... If he's doing that, he is a top-end fantasy option at the quarterback position. Uh, we were a little bit unsure if he was, you know, going to be able to produce like that again. Um, but he looked pretty good. Um, and he gets the Dolphins in Week 12, um, which, you know, as of late hasn't been as good of a matchup. But throughout the season, it's – you know, the Dolphins haven't been great, so it's not a terrible matchup. Oh, yeah, definitely pick up Cap Newton if you can. You you kind of have to. Anyone with, like, rushing upside like him, um, he definitely looked great. Uh, a lot better than I thought he would. I'll, I will admit that. I definitely thought he was going to make some mistakes, and he did not. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I was on, I was James was the only one who was, like, considering, you know, starting him last week, and me and Trey were like, 
Hell no. Um, and, and, you know, we're eating crow on it this week, but there's still enough time in the season for him to mess up. So, um, I think I, who do the Panthers play next week? It's not the, Oh, it is the dolphins. Okay. I thought I got that wrong, but no, it's I mean, that, that is a defense that's been doing pretty well recently. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the Heineke's playing. I see how you, why you thought you messed up. You yeah. have Heineke playing the Dolphins, and he's playing the Seahawks. Yep. Thanks, Tyler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's sure everyone knows about that. <laughs> um, I already figured that out. Like when he said that. <laughs> uh, some streaming quarterback options for next week. Speaking of Heineke, he is playing the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Uh, Heineke's rostering twenty one percent of leagues right now, um, but. 22 fantasy points last week against Carolina, who's actually, that's a, you know, not an easy matchup. And he put up a, a pretty good day on him 22 for 16, 206 yards, three touchdowns. Also ran the ball six times for 29 yards. Uh, so there's, in my opinion, some streaming upside there for Heineke uh, Monday night if you need a quarterback. Hey, he definitely looks good. Seattle's been pretty susceptible to the pass. I mean, just to everything, really. Um, I mean, they just allowed Colt McCoy to throw for 300. He had to have his best yeah. day as a as a uh, quarterback in the NFL. And he's been around. Yeah, he's been around for 11 years. He's 35 years old. He's been a career backup and just came up and just lit up the Seahawks defense. So, oh, yeah, Heineke's Yikes. probably a really, really good play. <laughs> yeah, probably stream of the week, potentially. Um, Tyrod Taylor, also um, an option playing the Jets. Uh, Tyrod's only rostered in 13% of leagues. Uh, 24 attempts for 14 completions, 107 yards. That's not great, but he had six rushing attempts for 28 yards and two rushing touchdowns, uh, which netted him 18 fantasy points. Made a a really great play to dive into the end zone um, last week. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, but that was pretty incredible to see. Um, and it's cool that he's taken off with the ball in the red zone and scoring touchdowns. So um, that little bit of rushing episode plus playing the Jets, there's some streaming value there with Tyrod, but it's deep. Yeah, I'll pass on that one, honestly. I, I love rushing upside, but those touchdowns are just with Tyrod Taylor. I feel like they're not going to come very often. And, I mean, all of his points are from rushing. 24 attempts, 14 completions, 107 yards, no touchdowns. What am I looking at? Like a Tim Tebow stat line? (laughs) It it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Mac Jones also on the list for streaming options at quarterback uh, because he's playing the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Rostered in 45% of leagues is Mac Jones. I uh, talked about it a little bit earlier, but he's been playing well within the system there at New England and efficient for what they're asking him to do. And he's got a good matchup. Um, Titans are giving up the second most passing yards in the league. Um, so there's some some value there um, potentially for Mac Jones as a streaming option uh, in week 12. I'm just going to say don't fall victim to the trap, man. The guy does not throw for touchdowns. He doesn't get fantasy points. Not yet. All right. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> I got no, I mean, we talked about a lot about him earlier, so I didn't have nothing else to, to add. 
Right. Yeah, I feel like I proved my point on him. It just <laughs> you have to wait. Honest, at this point, for with him, I'm actually waiting like two seasons. With with the, with him right now at this point, I, I'm waiting like two seasons to actually draft this guy. Yeah, um, yeah, he probably won't be drafted for a little while, um, unless you're in dynasty leagues. Uh, let's do some buy or sell. Uh, last week we had four of them. Um, first one we did was AJ Dillon, eighteen and a half points. Uh, we all bought it. He didn't do it. I think he scored like fifteen and a half. Um, still a solid twelve point seven. Twelve point seven. What? You know, definitely not what we were expecting. But Packers had to throw the ball a lot. Um, still probably top twenty and running backs. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, he definitely. I mean, most people probably had him in their flex, and that's okay. Twelve points at the flex. Uh, Hunter Renfro twelve and a half against Cincinnati. Stink bought it. Herb sold it. I bought it, and. He only had five and a half. He only had five and a half. Uh, Hunter Henry to finish as a top five tight end against Atlanta. Stink bought it. Herb sold it, and I sold it. And he finished outside of the top five, far outside. Yeah, he only had three and a half points. He was well outside. And that's what I get for having any amount faith of faith in Mac Jones, in Mac Jones <laughs> and the goddamn Patriots. Um, as a Raiders fan, how much more can they just like, Tell me to fuck off. <laughs> uh, Cam Newton, we bought or sold for top 12 QB performance. Um, Stink bought it, actually, and then Herb sold it and I sold it, and he definitely had a top 12 performance. I think he was... QB 4, I think. Yeah, he's up there. Uh, so for week 12, guess who makes the list again? <laughs> Cam Newton. Top 6 against... Miami. Yeah, I'm going to sell it just because Miami's on a roll right now. And I, I just don't know how to explain it. Cam Newton um, is a great athlete. I just feel like mentally he can be thrown off sometimes. And I I just um, don't have faith in his mental toughness. <laughs> that, that sounds really harsh to say now that I said it out loud. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little deep, but... Yeah. I, I just don't think he can keep it up. He's definitely capable of it. He's not going to keep it up. And Miami's a really like one of the toughest defenses to play right now. Yeah, I'll buy it. Um, I know Miami's been good on defense, but I just think if he can force his way into the end zone a couple times on the ground, um, pretty good chance at at having a, a top end game. So I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm gonna sell it. I just I'm gonna try. I'm just, I'm just not sold yet. I know he had a great game, but it's been one game and like four plays the week the week before so i i just can't yeah, four plays and two touchdowns the week before <laughs> i know but i mean it's just i'm not sold yet we i have all you know the images of the last year in carolina he was there and when he was in new england last year we just couldn't get the ball more than five yards down the field uh next one here elijah moore will he do it again will he get 15 and a half against houston from weeks 9 to 11 more has been the wide receiver for uh, Zach Wilson, though, might be returning in week 12. Does that scare you away? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Sold. Stink sells, herb sells. I'm going to buy it. Why? Because uh, I think he's their best playmaker, and they would be dumb to not get him the ball consistently. So, LaVisca Chenault would like a word. <laughs> 
Right. Apparently he's not their best playmaker. Um is what I'm reading on the internet and um LaVisca Chenault should dress up like a blonde woman in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Might get some attention from old coach there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just worried about Zach Wilson. His first game back, um, if, you know, he's gonna be a little rusty, things like that. I just can't, I just can't buy it. Okay. Um, last one here, Brandon Ayuk. Will he have twelve and a half points against Minnesota last week? Uh, Ayuk led the team in targets, uh, seven or more targets in the last three uh, in three of the last four games that he's played. Yeah. No. Thank you. Not gonna fall for you not like gonna targets? fall for it. Yeah, and I do like targets. Um I also like guys who um are liked by their coach. <laughs> he's he's their he operated as their wide receiver one last week. Debo was running the ball, but Debo only had two targets through the air. Um Brandon Ayuk is going to be involved in this offense going forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I just think with those amount of targets and uh with the kind of offense they run. He'll get double-digit points, but it's not going to be that many. Very close. Yeah, see, I actually, I'm selling it completely. He's had three games with double-digit points this year, and in all three of those games, he did score one touchdown. So it means he's completely touchdown-dependent to even get to double digits. Not going to do it. Yeah, I think we can't look at the whole season for Brandon Ayuk. I mean, it, I think it's going to change here in the back back end of the season. I I really do. Um, I, I see what you're saying. It's like it's picking up for sure, but it's it's still inconsistent. Yeah, for me, Brandon Ayuk's a solid flex this week and probably going forward. Um, definitely this this offense wants to run the ball first. Um, and Brandon Ayuk is going to be the third priority, probably behind Debo, Kittle, but then it's Ayuk. So, are you gonna start Ayuk in the consolation bracket? <laughs> I would if I was <laughs> <seen one. laughs> um, Alrighty, uh, let's do the Thanksgiving preview. There's a triple header on Thanksgiving. Um, the first game here, twelve thirty Eastern time. That's nine thirty for us um, here on the West Coast. Um, I, I kind of like that though, because like it's before I have to go do Thanksgiving shit so I can, you know, at least watch one game without being distracted. But of course it's Chicago versus Detroit. Um, well, yeah, it's not like you want that in the primetime slot. Yeah. Chicago taking on the Detroit lions. The bears are three and a half point favorites over under 41 and a half. Um, on the bears side, looks like, um, fields is not going to be playing. Um, but good news is is it's looking like bruised ribs, no fracture in the ribs. Um, so he'll be back sooner rather than later. But um, it is looking like Dalton will play. Um, Allen Robinson was a non-participant at practice, uh, which was a walkthrough on Monday. He's questionable to play. Darnell Mooney, who we brought up earlier, had 16 targets last week. Kind of becomes a must-play Um would you guys say with or without Allen Robinson playing? <laughs> playing the Lions, 16 targets last week, and it looks like and Dalton is playing or is starting again. Yeah, so I definitely like Mooney. I mean, uh, I, mean I like Mooney and Montgomery in this in this uh, contest. That's pretty much uh, it for the Bears side. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Mooney being a flex play, but I don't love it, honestly. Um, I know they had a great connection last week, but I don't see that, you know, happening necessarily again. It's a lot. I don't know. Um, if I think Mooney can be a flex play, but that's going to be it. And obviously Montgomery. Don't, like, you know, freak out about that. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery had a quiet game against Baltimore, but still must start against the Lions. Um Cole commit, you going back to your your boy, your start of the week last week, or are you sitting him? No, I got too excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> two I'm targets, sorry. one reception, twelve yards. The, they're too inconsistent. It was, ended up being Andy Dalton, so I mean, it's not a real showing of what he can do with yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, no, he's a good player. Just it's gonna take some time. Um, Goff uh, on the other side is potentially playing. Uh, he was limited in practice on Monday, so that's optimistic towards, um, you know, that's trending towards playing. But if he doesn't play, it's Tim Boyle. Um, so, yeah. Swift, I think, is still, you know, obviously the must start. He's been killing it. He had a, a nine yards per carry against Cleveland last week, um, which is bonkers. Um, but Hawkinson, I think, is the question mark. I think you still start him, but I'm a little bit worried if it's Tim Boyle the whole game. Eight targets, six receptions, 51 yards last week. So he gave you like eight points. But, yeah, it's just worrisome with the quarterback situation there in Detroit. If it's Tim Boyle, you have to get the Bears defense. You just have to. It's bound to be a turnover game if Tim Boyle is playing. Yeah. He's got 15 completions for 77 yards and two picks. That's all he does is throw interceptions. <laughs> like, that is insane. I'm pretty sure that's what he did in college, too. I don't know how he's. That's like a five-yard average when you complete a pass and not throwing an interception. <laughs> yeah. True. But Hawkinson did have 51 of those 77 yards. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, you know, big body – and he's just gonna force feed Hawkinson, but I'm I'm skeptical about it. Would you guys start Hawkinson? No. Yeah, I don't think I would this week either. Unless if Goff plays, then I think you know you can put him in back in there. But with uh, Boyle, no. I said no, but I'm still gonna start him because I traded for him two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Yeah, if you have to, you know, a lot of people won't have a better name to put in there, but. Dan Arnold. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely play Dan Arnold even though he had zero targets. I would probably play him over Hawkinson this week. But who knows? Hawkins could could maybe, you know, sneak a, a touchdown away from Tim Boyle. Um, but it's unlikely. I think I'd rather have a boil on my neck than to watch <laughs> Lions play with Tim Boyle at quarterback. Um the next matchup. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's the four thirty game, one thirty for us. Uh, Dallas is the seven point uh, favorite right now, and the over under set at fifty one points. So Dallas obviously tough tough week last week. Um, just didn't do anything that they were, and they played Kansas City. I don't know why that says Cincinnati, but um. Yeah, tough week last week. Offense was terrible. Um, I think you're mixing oh, up. Oh, I'm mixing it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, the offense was terrible. I know that. They played Kansas City, and it, they were terrible. Um, I, I don't know why I put the Raiders first. Uh, 
Prescott, you know, 2.64 fantasy points last week. Um, are you are you expecting a big bounce back against the Raiders? Yeah, definitely. Anyone who's healthy and gets a good snap share against the Raiders, start them. I mean, honestly, for his sake, he better, because otherwise uh, the finicky Dallas Cowboy fans are going to start calling for his head. <laughs> uh, they love Dak. I, I will be honest, um, there will probably be only one receiver that gets a lot of points this game. Other than that, it will probably be tight ends and running backs. Well, C.D. Lamb, as of right now, is still pretty questionable with the concussion. Reports are that he is recovering quickly, but it's a very tight turnaround. So people should probably expect to be without him uh, this week. Um, And Amari Cooper has already been ruled out um, for the Thanksgiving game with COVID. So that leaves Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. So if if both C.D. and Amari Cooper are out, for me, those guys kind of become must-starts. Um, definitely Michael Gallup, but you can consider flexing Cedric Wilson as well because they'll be the one and two. Yeah, I think for sure it's it's weird. I mean, Gallup's been gone most of the year, so it's really hard to judge his value, but with you have to just kind of, I think, rely on this offense knowing that they are explosive most of the year, and it shouldn't matter whether CD or Cooper or Gallup or Wilson, they're, you know, they somebody should produce whoever is starting. Yeah, they were trying to get Michael Michael Gallup involved last week. He had ten targets, only came out to be five receptions for forty four yards. But this is a guy that you know has been the wide receiver three behind CD and Amari for you know quite a while until he got hurt. Um, for me, he's absolute must start. Probably even if CD's playing, I would still definitely start Michael Gallup because Amari Cooper's out, um, and I would still consider flexing Cedric Wilson. Uh, Zeke, um, not a good week either last week, but he did have six targets through the air for six receptions, which is nice. Still the absolute must start, obviously. And I think Schultz is going to be a really strong, uh, start at tight end, possibly start of the week, um, with the, with the receivers banged up. He might end up with the most points out of any receiver in the game. Yeah. He's, he's definitely the, the biggest beneficiary of, of Cooper being out and potentially C.D. Lamb. Yeah, uh, keep an eye on Zeke, um, only because he did suffer, uh, they thought it was an ankle injury, but now he's listed as with a knee injury. Okay. Um, they do expect him to be able to play, but keep an eye on him. He played one of the lower snap counts of the year last week at 69%. So um, if he's hindered at all, Tony Pollard might be a play. I'm not confident in that, that he would be a play if Zeke is, is banged up, but... Uh, just keep an eye on it in case if there's a setback in practice at all, then Tony Pollard becomes a must start. Well, and before you're even saying that, I was like, do you consider flexing Pollard because um, it's a short week? You know, um, it's tough on the body. I doubt they're going to want to run Zeke into the ground. Um, and Pollard looked pretty explosive last week when he did get the ball. You know, we all know he's explosive. He's, you know, a uh, pretty good back. So, I mean, would you be willing to flex flex him since it is a quick turnaround it's like he's likely to get some work oh man it's so tough because he's been very inconsistent you know with as kind of expected you know you have zeke in front of you yeah um man that's really tough for me i don't think so i'm gonna go ahead and say no unless zeke is 
there are, you know, they're like, we're going to you know, split the carries 50 50. If he has a setback and doesn't play at all, um, then I'm putting Pollard in there. But if Zeke is, you know, full go, then I don't think I'm flexing Pollard. I would flex Pollard. I think the Cowboys go up early, um, pretty fast and play with a lead like most of the game. So, yeah, I could kind of see that playing out too. And, and there are lots of points to be scored. So, there's definitely potential for Pollard, but yeah, keep an eye on the reports for Zeke because obviously he's a smash play if Zeke's not playing. But um, on the on the Raiders side, Carr, you know, a uh, tough week last week against Cincinnati, but he's got a pretty good matchup this week in Dallas, high over under. So would you consider throwing Carr back out there as a stream? No. Okay, I've seen too much inconsistency at this point. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and I mean, Dallas has like quietly been decent the last few weeks on de- you know defensively. Obviously, last week was uh, a little different, but it was just a weird game. Yeah, it was. all around it was. I mean, and Kansas City's offense has the ability to you know make even the the best defenses look silly. So, so yeah, I, I'm not rolling with Carr this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs just nine attempts for 37 yards on the ground, but did have some nice receiving work. Seven targets, five receptions, 24 yards through the air. Are you going back to Josh Jacobs this week? Are you starting him? I think you have to. Yeah, you're just gonna be forced. Well, especially to. with that receiving work. I mean, that's nice if he's getting that uh, seven targets. I'll take that all day for Josh Jacobs. Um. So I think you can start him. Waller, obviously, you're starting. He had, you know, kind of the lone bright spot, right, for the Raiders last week. Had a nice week, which is good to see. Um, Renfro only saw four targets last week. Did catch all four. Uh, are you putting him in there as a flex? Strictly full PPR? And he's the only receiver even worth looking at at this point, besides Darren Waller. Yeah, Brian Edwards, zero targets. Deshaun Jackson, zero targets. Uh, those guys aren't startable. Uh, but I think you can, in deeper leagues, start Renfro. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be excited about it. Yeah, I think Renfro's really only going to look in, you know, like a 14-plus size league. Yeah, and hope for, hope for a touchdown. Uh, the final game, the primetime game, is the Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, right now the Bills are four point favorites, and the over under is forty six and a half points. Uh, Josh Allen, you know the Bills took a a big loss last week. They lost forty one to fifteen. Um, and Josh Allen has thrown five interceptions in his last three games. So, it's clear that the Bills' offense is not immune to hiccups like we thought they might have been at the beginning of the season it looks like there's going to be those those rough games but Josh Allen I think he still is a must start you know even with the picks and in the bad game it's Josh Allen so you got to start him Um, and same kind of goes with Stephon Diggs six targets four receptions for only 23 yards but he did have the two touchdowns that kind of saved his day but you got to start him uh, especially against the Saints, who haven't been great against uh, in the passing game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I just wanted to say on Josh, like I, obviously he's had a, a few rough weeks here in in a row where he hasn't been great. He's still quarterback number three in the year, guys. Like, come on, like don't panic yet. Like Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, this next guy you might want to panic about, though, if you're relying on him. Emmanuel Sanders, five targets, three receptions for 26 yards. He's basically been quiet ever since their week seven bye. Um, but do you give Sanders another shot this week because they are playing the Saints and the Saints are giving up the eighth most points per game to the wide receivers on the year? I think I would not. I would wait to see production. It's been too many weeks of unproductive is what you're saying? Yeah, I just have to see consistency unless I'm like really desperate. And just like throw him in my lineup. I have to see him produce for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I agree. And it does look like Dawson Knox did kind of retake his place as the second receiver in this offense behind Stephon Diggs. Yep. Uh, he actually led the team in, you know, targets, catches, and yards last week. He just didn't get in the end zone. So, um, yeah, I think going forward, as long as Dawson Knox there, makes it really hard to play Sanders or Beasley. Yep, those are the next guys that were on the list here. Cole Beasley, five targets, four receptions, 23 yards. For me, it's just not a start, not consistent. Like, I would rather play Renfro over Cole Beasley if I'm, you know, going down that route. Facts. Um, but, yeah, Dawson Knox, um, 10 targets, six reception, 80 yards. Seems to be all the way back. I don't think he was 100% healthy last week when he only got one target. Uh, but this week they went to him and went to him big time. Um, even though they got their asses kicked. Uh, <laughs> but the Saints have, have been pretty good against tight ends, actually. Um, they're one of the, the top in the league, I think, for points given up. But I, I still think Knox is a must-start at tight end. I think the biggest question mark here on the Bills, though, is the backfield because the Saints all year have been really good against the run. Um, and then they got absolutely ran over. Uh, by the Eagles last week on the ground. So, I mean, the production was crazy uh, for Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts and um, even Boston Scott got in there and and Jordan Howard, who's now hurt. But um, they all had a a really big game. Um, So do you consider starting Singletary or Moss this week um, even though, you know, all season the Saints have been good against the run, but last week they, they showed some vulnerability, obviously, or the Eagles just really good at running the ball. Um, Probably neither, honestly. Uh, I mean, the Eagles actually are surprisingly good at running the ball. They just don't have, a, like, a bell cow guy to do it right now, um, but they do put up a lot of yards on the ground. But, I mean, honestly, this Bills backfield is just ridiculous at this point. I mean, we're now seeing uh, Matt Breida get more work again, and which is crazy. He's actually been more productive than Singletary and uh, Zach Moss last couple weeks. You just can't start any of them. I'm not even considering flexing them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, though, because Miles Sanders, I mean, none of them had, like, a huge game because, like, Jalen Hurts scored all the touchdowns, but Miles Sanders averaged 5.8 yards on the ground against the Bill or against the Saints. Jordan Howard averaged 6.3 yards per carry. Um, Boston Scott did not do well, but <laughs> he still had six attempts on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's like for me, okay, I'm not starting him. I'll just say I'm not starting Moss or, or, or any because, like you said, it's a three-way committee, and historically the Saints have been good against running backs, so I would say I'm not starting him. 
Um, on the Saints side, let's see, Alvin Kamara um, listed as a non-participant in practice on Monday. He's still dealing with the sprained knee, and the short turnaround doesn't bode well for his return this week. Um, so not looking good there, but Mark Ingram uh, becomes, a, you know, again, another s- smash play. Oh, yeah, definitely. We were talking about it like last week. He he just stepped into his old role, and he's doing it well. Yeah, if you're a Kamara owner, make sure that you are keeping an eye on his status leading up to the game because you want to make sure you can pivot off of him if he is not good to go. Uh, similar has it been the last couple weeks because, I mean, they were both were like late-time scratches before uh, the game started, so a little scary that way. Um, I'm not sure if Mark Ingram is necessarily just a straight plug-and-play against the Buffalo defense, I know Jonathan Taylor just lit them up, but, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is also the best running back in the NFL right now. Uh, Mark Ingram is not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't think he's a straight plug-and-play. You probably have to if you have him, especially if he's your handcuff for Kamara, but I'm not just, like, thinking, like, he's automatically going to go in there and, you know, get you 15 points. Like, if you had to choose, um, if Aaron, well, Aaron Jones is sitting out again, so would you A.J. Dillon or Mark Ingram? If Kamara's out, I think I'd go with Dylan because um, I think I'm still I'm still going back to the matchup. Um, the matchup against the Bulls, the Bills, the Bulls, uh, the Bills is really tough, and I and I'm going to bank on what they've been doing all year, not just what happened last week. All right. Um. Well, that'll about do it. Unless there's anyone else you want to say to start from the Saints. Troutman's out. No love for Trevor Sibian. No love no for Trevor way. Simeon. Hey, he was a top 10 play last week. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm not going to that well. Um, Yeah, so that'll do it for this show. Uh, we'll be back Friday with uh, another, you know, all the matchups, all the rest of the matchups uh, for week 12, plus our starts of the week. So uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy the turkey and the stuffing and the, and the green bean casserole, and uh, and what else? The cranberry sauce stuff. What is that stuff, by the way? What do you call that? Cranberry sauce. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time I ever eat it. And I'm like, what? I don't know what this is. It's delicious. Uh, don't forget the pumpkin pie. Oh, the pumpkin pie. Sure, sure. And then make sure you wake up Friday morning and go spend all your money. <laughs> and then, yep, Black Friday. Let's let's go. Uh, so yeah, good luck, um, Thursday with your matchups and enjoy Thanksgiving. We'll see you Friday.